Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And if you are here listening to the Toxic Person Proof Podcast, then you've been researching narcissism to death. You had someone in your life who was a narcissist and then you came across an article on a narcissist and then went, whoa, this is my life. How other people have been living like this? And so we have a narcissist specialist here today, Laura, by the way, who is a post-narc life coach who helps people recovering from a narcissist build an amazing post-narc life. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hello. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Happy to have you. Okay. So you have kind of this like hidden trick on like the deeper level of narcissism or something, right? Do you want to tell our listeners? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people will look at narcissism in the DSM five or six or seven, wherever we're at in the psychological world. And you're going to see a bunch of traits like they gaslight and they judge you and they are superior and they have delusions of grandeur. And while that is true, it really helps my clients the most when we can get down to the bedrock of what creates all of that uh, terrible behavior. And that is that they use other people to feel better. What they're trying to do is fill emotional needs. They're trying to manage emotional pain and they use harmful tools and they use other people in harmful ways in order to meet that end. And essentially narcissism, in my opinion, is a survival mechanism. A narcissism is, or sorry, excuse me, a narcissist is rarely born. They are made. So they usually have endured their own type of abuse and it probably goes back multiple generations. And this of course is not to justify the narc's behavior, nor is it to make us feel sorry for them or pity them, but it's good to understand that it is a survival mechanism that they use narcissist tools to get their emotional and physical needs met. And if you are in a situation with a narcissist, you have to survive. You are in survival mode as well. So your survival mechanisms are coming up. And if you've been in the narc, you know, situation for a long time, you are going to be playing the same game that they're playing. And so you're going to be using possible narcissist tendencies. That's a possibility. Or you're going to be using counter narcissist tendencies, like people pleasing and giving up yourself and erasing yourself to make them happy. And those are also going to create things in your life that you don't want. And so with my clients, yes, it's important to look at the reality of the narcissist narcissist situation. But if you can see how you've adopted some of those tools, then it's so much more empowering because you can actually change it. A narcissist can't change who they are, or at least they're unwilling. Okay. They, they don't have any concept of self-awareness or an ability to, to, to know that something's wrong with themselves. But if you are listening to this, you do have that ability. And so you can look at, okay, where did I use these tools against myself in order to survive? And how am I using them in my daily life right now, creating the things that I don't want? And if we can identify those and replace them with healthy tools, you can change everything in your life. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things I want to point out from what you said, please, 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 please. If you're listening, when people become real as experts in narcissism and in coaching and stuff, they use very simple terms to describe it. <laughs> right. And I, when you're, you know, trying to leave a relationship with a narcissist or have a narcissistic parent, you go into this information overload, right? Just like yeah. you were like, okay, DSM five and DSM. Yes. 
the covert narcissist this, right? So your example was someone who uses other people to get their needs met. Was that yes. how you use? Okay. So yeah. I talk about um, someone who is unable to take turns. Mm. Right. So it's always the narcissist turn. There was yes. desires, right? Right. Yeah. But I want you to hear people who are experts boil it down very simply because all that information and obsession and studying narcissism will do you no good. It's true. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. And so if I had to boil it down to one thing is that a narcissist is an emotional child with harmful tools. Mm -hmm. They're extremely emotionally immature. And so they're going to blame everyone else around them they're, like you said, they're not going to take turns. They're not going to have that empathy. They're not going to be able to say, Hey, that person would feel this way. So I'm not going to do that thing. They don't have that ability or are unwilling to have that ability. We don't know either one, but yes, exactly. Emotional child with harmful tools. That's what a narcissist is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yay for that. And then I also want to point out something you said about the, um, survival techniques, right? Yes. And I always talk about, um, a man's search for meaning. If, if anyone's read that book, it's about Victor Frankel, man's search for meaning. And he yes. was talking about being in the Holocaust camp. Mm-hmm. And do you remember him saying that what they don't tell you is that the, the best of us didn't come home? Yes. Right. Because he said, this is just so terrible, but it's like, you know, the people who died in the gas chambers got pushed to the front. Mm -hmm. They didn't push anyone else to the front. So they died in the gas chambers. Right. And I am not saying anything about anyone surviving the Holocaust. I'm saying normally we think you shouldn't kill people. Right. Belief, right. Right. In world war two, people were killed to help save the Jewish community. And most people are thinking, okay, that was bad, but it's good that we freed the people from Holocaust camps. Like, cause that was really bad. Right. Right. In that survival, if anybody's in their head, Oh, I acted this way in that survival strategy. No one acts good in war. No one's nice in war. There are different rules for war. Right. Just like you would never how dare you put someone ahead of you in the gas? I mean, I like to think I would not put someone ahead of me in the gas chambers, but if it was my kid or someone else's kid, would I push someone else's kid forward? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, right. These are questions that it's impossible to answer unless we're there. Right. And we can't even imagine being in that situation. And when you're in a situation with a narcissist, yeah, you're right. It's like the rules change, the, the environment changes. And I also say that to my clients too, when you are dealing with a narcissist, you do have to operate by different rules, right? So like a normal boundary you set with somebody else is going to be totally different about how you set a boundary with a narcissist, how you feel, the kind of empathy you have, the ability to predict their emotions. Like you don't do that anymore. We don't predict their emotions. We don't try to manage how they feel. We don't try to be considerate. Not that we become inconsiderate people, but when you're dealing with a narc, right, it's wartime rules and that's going to keep you the safest. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Yay. We're so aligned. This is great. Okay. <laughs> so, um, now let's talk. So it's like, okay, simple, simple narc stuff. Then Here's my forgive yourself wartime rules thing. Um, and then most importantly, how do we move forward from that? So let's let's chat about the people pleasing and some of that uh, that we use to survive that we want to change. Yeah. So number one is going to be awareness. 
your narcissist is not going to want you to be aware of anything. They want to keep you in survival mode, which means you're going to be scared or in an activated state in your body. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be uh, you're going to have conversations in your head, trying to predict and manage how they feel and say the right thing and send long emails and long text, constantly engaged with the narcissist and trying to manage that situation, right? They don't want you to be able to be calm and take a deep breath and look at yourself and see how it is that you feel. They want you to be engaged in trying to make yourself feel better as fast as possible by manipulating them, by making them feel better, right? So the first thing is awareness. You need to understand, okay, when am I in an activated state? When am I feeling scared or anxious? When am I feeling like that pit in my stomach drop? Am I constantly at anxious? Am I constantly scared? Sometimes in a narcissist situation, you have that state of mind constantly. There's like never a time when you feel calm and at rest. So it's really important to understand your emotional state. Number two, awareness of your thoughts. Really look at the ticker tape of the thoughts in your head. If the thoughts are, what are they going to think? How am I uh, doing this wrong. I'm judging myself. I hate myself. They are thinking these terrible things about me. You really want to get awareness of that. That's the first step. The second step is to, when you are aware of all of these thoughts and emotions that are happening, you want to question them. You want to look at them and say, okay, is this who I really am? Is this coming from an activated fight or flight state of, of being. And what is it that I want instead? Do I want to feel at peace? Do I want something different in my life? A lot of my clients come to me for a sense of peace. And while that is amazing, and I want you to have a lot of peace, peace does not come from making the narcissist feel better, or even it doesn't even also always come from leaving the narcissist, right? You have to be able to learn how to create peace for yourself using your own thoughts, using your own body. Because the narcissist has trained you to see everything outside of you as the thing that makes you feel something. And the best way to counteract the effects of the narcissist is to take full emotional responsibility for your state and your body and for the thoughts that are happening in your mind. That is not easy, okay? That is a skill that we practice, that we get good at over time. But once you fully get there in terms of, yeah, I can manage my own thoughts. I can manage my own emotions. That person doesn't make me feel that way. It's not that person's fault that I feel this way. You have all the power. And then we can start making the big changes in your life that you want to make to create the circumstances that you do want. So it's really about awareness, uh, understanding where you're at, being willing to take the responsibility that's yours. And then we start taking steps to change. Yeah. It's kind of funny. My second book has a maze on the front and it's called Simple Habits for Complex Decisions. And, you know, I'm working with my PR people and stuff and they're like, oh, I thought you were doing toxic person proof. Like, are you switching? And I was like, no. <laughs> Here's how to stay safe from a toxic person. Have that piece, like that internal piece that when someone tries to scramble you, Mm -hmm. Your normal state is unscrambled. Your normal yes. state is confidence and clarity. Yes, exactly. And then when someone is trying to throw you off your normal state, you notice. Right. If your normal state is fight and flight, chaos, scrambled thinking, what I call spaghetti thinking, then a narcissist, you don't even notice that they're there. Right. Right. Because you're, your normal state is scrambled. 
Exactly. In fact, I have run into clients or people in my life who have left the narcissist situation, but because that is their normal state, they will create more relationships. It creates a vacuum for more narcissist relationships to come along because it's like, wait, something's not right. I need to feel activated and scared or anxious or spaghetti thoughts. Like you said, that's brilliant um, all of the time. And if I'm not feeling that way, something's wrong. Like the body can adapt in that way. And so then you end up attracting more narcs in your life and then your life is miserable. And it's just this cycle that repeats itself. So this work is so important, regardless of who's in your life. So good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's attracting and then there's like not even noticing <laughs> And when you're in that, like, if uh, what I talk about, it's like I wrote an article called, Is He um, a Narcissist or a Jerk? How to Know and Why It Matters. Mm -hmm. And I imagine people like in the ocean or rivers or wherever crocodiles are, and they're just like wrestling this crocodile and they're like broken and bloody. And it's like, Hey, why don't you get away from the crocodile? It's like, Because I don't know if it's a covert crocodile or an overt (laughs) crocodile. And you're like, So good. Right, but it could be a sociopath crocodile. So I've got to just wrestle it and see. No, it's like, man, you are like bloody. Like that crocodile just took off your arm, and you're like Mm -hmm. crocodile. Like it seems like maybe not like the strategy that should be so good. (laughs) Genius. Oh, uh, you know, we laugh because we're out of it. We get it. It was true. Sorry, people. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it's, a funny article. it's a funny article. I try to be funny. It's actually my biggest criticism. Like when people say ugly things about me on the internet, they're very offended that I'm so happy. It makes mm-hmm. them very happy to be happy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, internet troll, you can be as sad as you want. That's I right. Times and now, mm-hmm. uh, which I know you help people reach their their biggest uh, their biggest outcomes and goals too. So, Laura, will you tell people where they can find out more about you and your work? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm on Instagram at Laura, by the way, by the way, is my real last name and it's spelled just the way it sounds B Y T H E W A Y. And I'm also have my own podcast. It's called the post arc life podcast. You can just look that up. It's on Apple and wherever you can find podcasts. I uh, just barely released it. So I've got some brand new episodes and yeah, that's, that's how you reach me. Instagram and podcast. So exciting. Laura, thank you for helping us unscramble our heads. If uh, you know, dealing with a narcissist, um, cause it is, as, as much as we laugh at now, it is not funny when you're, no, in it. it's not. It's, it's pretty terrible. If you're going through it, I like, I, I hear you and I understand. And it's, it's, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. So if the, the sooner you can get the work done, the better, and we can help <laughs> and, and bring life to the process. Right. Cause that's right. Laugh at ourselves and go like, Oh yeah, that is pretty silly. Like that. I'm it is. Trying because- to- I think that the narcissist relationship is all about having high drama. They want you to have the high, high, high drama and the big amounts of pain and the big, intense sense of trying to make it go away and trying to be happy all the time. And really it's about letting go of that drama. Not that that's easy to do, obviously, but when you can just kind of step out of it, I I do like to have fun with narcs. It's not always fun. I can validate that, but sometimes it's like, it can be fun to be like, oh, wow. Like I predicted exactly what they were going to say, exactly what they were going to do, like clockwork. It's just, you can have fun in the process a little bit. I I could definitely... (laughs) Otherwise you'll probably just go crazy because it it is there. There is a lot of high, high pain there, but it's possible. 
absolutely possible to, to heal. It is predictable, right? It is predictable. Yeah. You see this and it's like, they're not that smart. They're not that interesting. They're not that amazing. They just tricked you. Exactly. Right. They just tricked you. So Laura, well, thank you for coming and helping us become a little more toxic person proof. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. If you have been listening to the toxic person proof podcast and think, gosh, there's really something different about this. There's something different about what Sarah's saying. Good. Because there's so many people talking about narcissism and talking about understanding toxic relationships and too few people talking about building an amazing life after a toxic person encounter. Finding love, finding joy, finding that new career, finding a great relationship with your kids, finding yourself, finding your confidence. So if you love what you hear, then you would probably love the wondrous woman program, which is a program that I run to help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person proof, and go on to design lives they're excited about living. So go to my website, sarahkramsey.com. Check out the tab on programs to find out more and then sign up for a call to see if the Toxic Person Proof Program and the Wondrous Woman Program is right for you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.